ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Economics. Joining us for look this week at Business and Finance News is the ABC's business editor, Ian Verinder. Ian, good evening. Welcome back to Night Life. Good to be here, Phil. Well, a lot of eyes focused on China and its, uh, and its economic problems. Uh, from the outside, they look serious. The property sector, of course, has been written about extensively. There are other issues as well. You say it's unravelling at a very rapid pace. Where does that leave Australia? These are big questions. Mm. Well, you know, the, as you say, the property market has been under pressure for quite a long time. The only problem is that it's not getting any better. In fact, it's deteriorating further. Um, you know, we've seen those big uh, property developers in trouble, China Evergrande, Country Garden. Evergrande, of course, has uh, basically gone under and Country Garden has defaulted on debts. There's a whole range of uh, second-tier firms that are also in, in serious trouble. But property, it's, it's, when you look at the property market itself, um, you know, it's down 16% over two years, which doesn't seem like it's a huge amount. But those numbers uh, hide a lot of the reality because... Sales volume has just crashed. I mean, it's down 23% uh, in the year to December. And part of the problem is that a lot of millions of units uh, have been left unbuilt, you know, half Mm -hmm. built. Mm -hmm. And they aren't actually hitting the market at all. And the firms that were building them have run out of money. So there are all these units that are just half built, overhanging the market. If they ever do get built, the prices will go down even further. Mm. There's all these uh, small investors who've put their money in to to build these things. They're not built, so they're not earning any revenue. They can't sell them. Um, There's there's a, a lot of consumer problems within China as a result of this. And what we've seen in recent times is um, inflation. Well, they don't have any any inflation. They've got deflation in China at the moment. And uh, there's, a, I guess, uh, an unwillingness of uh, the authorities in Beijing to really do too much about it. They've what, what, started... what can they do about it? Well, I mean... Well, they could buy back the debt of these property companies, could they? they could, well, that's, you know, they're going to have to get involved in it at, yeah. at some stage because what they have done is they've cut interest rates a couple of times. Mm. But in each, on each occasion, they did it last year twice, I think, but a long, you know, big gaps between those cuts. They did it again last week, um, but not really enough to do to, to really pull this out of the uh, out of the mire. And it, you know, it's it's having a, a broader impact on the on the local economy. Who, so, does, who do they owe the money to? The, is, it, is, it, is it Western Capital or is it? Both. Oh. In, in, so these big corporations mm. have borrowed money from local investors and from foreigners, mm-hmm. and um, they've defaulted on, on the debts of all of them. So it's, uh, it's not a pretty picture there. So, but the, you know, the broader picture, though, is that uh, there's a lot of, um, you know, Chinese have stopped spending. Mm. So you've got deflation going through, you know, through the economy at the moment. And that, of course, if you don't arrest that, very quickly, hmm. you um, you start to have a situation where people stop spending because why would you buy something now when it's going to be cheaper next month? Hmm. You put off buying things and that only makes the problem worse. The other, uh, so we've got that problem rippling through the broader economy. There's the potential fallout amongst the banking sector. Now, our Reserve Bank has recently, late last year, actually October, did a big study on China and, and the situation there, particularly with the property market, and what the potential for, for problems there going through the rest of the global economy. 
have said that look, we'll we'll be we'll be okay, um, but they are concerned about a destabilisation in the financial sector in China and what that might mean for us. But before we get on to that, there's another issue that's blowing up as well, and that's the Chinese stock market. Yeah, this is interesting, isn't it? Because <laughs> you might be forgiven for thinking that uh, all boats are floating at the moment because the US markets are up, driven by tech stocks, particularly Nvidia. I know, but Japan's market's up. Uh, other markets around the world are up as well, even our own to yeah. some degree. Well, all, but, all close to records or yeah, yeah. punching through new records. But hey, the Chinese market yeah. is going completely the other way, isn't it? Yeah, look, it's at its lowest level in five years. It's off about 40% in the past two to three years. Mm. It's really tanking. And uh, the divergence is really quite stark when you, when you look at what's going on in China compared to the rest of the world. And this is simply compounding the woes of investors. So you've got... A lot of Chinese people, like in Australia, they've, they're, they're, all their wealth is tied up in property, most of it. Mm. But then you've got about 220 million Chinese who invest in the stock market, who are nursing major losses. And this will start to have an impact on us as well, because you know a lot of our big investment, our big super funds have invested in China, have invested in Chinese companies. Mm. Um, and a, there was a big Big bet on China recovering very, very strongly from the lock, the lockdowns, which you might recall were incredibly stringent. And uh, like last year when China reluctantly came out of those lockdowns, um, the entire world was betting on the idea that uh, China would just burst out of the gates and really take uh, take the running and push the global economy you know, into back into rude health. Mm. But that hasn't happened at all. It's been something of a of a disaster and the uh, the stock market has continued to, to plumb lower levels. So you're looking at um, an internal situation within the country that is not very healthy. Then you go through to the government level and um, local governments, particularly in China, um, to pick up a lot of the tab when it comes to development, you know, um, infrastructure and so forth. And local governments really rely upon property sales. Um, they, they, they sell land off to these developers. They bring in fees from developments that are, that are happening on top of that. They're saddled with about $20 trillion worth of, in Australian dollars, worth of debt at the moment. And they're getting very little income to come in to try and uh, to service that. So there's, a, there's a, just a raft of problems that seem to be, you know, rifling right through the economy. And authorities just do not seem to be in much of a mood to help out. Is it their own fault? Well, yeah, because, um, you know, it was Xi who started this off, President mm. Xi Jinping. I mean, you know, you might recall that he took aim at, well, there was, you know, he, he took on Jack Ma uh, mm. and all the tech giants. Really, I think there was a possibly a, a concern that uh, these billionaires, um, newly minted billionaires in China, were probably possibly a threat. To, to power uh, within the Communist Party. So he took on a lot of the tech giants. He then focused on education companies and the amount of money that they were making and then declared, well, in fact, prior to that, he declared that uh, housing is for, is for living. Uh, it's not for speculation. And so... Nothing wrong with that. Well, it's a fine sentiment. <laughs> but the problem is they then instituted a, a raft of uh, rules called the three red lines, mm. which essentially uh, stopped 
property companies from borrowing very much. So there were these very strict levels on borrowing, and that essentially sent all of them broke. Mm. Uh, So, you know, this problem has been created, and there's been no real, I guess, enthusiasm to try and fix it in in a hurry. Mm. So, yeah, short of deliberately propping it up, uh, but propping it up without a shakeout, yeah, I know. It's going to be well, the shakeout, you know, that the courts is happening. Yeah. The, the courts a few you know weeks ago essentially said Evergrande has to go under, yeah. and everyone was was stunned that the that Beijing didn't sort of wade in right at the very end and pick up the edifice, and and, and you know they've just let it go. Um, you know, so this is now starting to look like uh, it's a delay. <laughs> Look, last week the, the government, in addition to uh, cutting interest rates, came up with a few proposals to try and prop up the stock market. Mm. They banned short selling. Uh, they also gave orders to some government institutions to start buying stocks to try and turn things around. And there has been a little bit of a rebound in tech stocks in the last week or so in China. But, you know, mm. who knows where this is going to end? You know, interestingly, you mentioned Japan there. I mean, Japan's stock market has just uh, gone to record levels. It's taken 34 years for Japan to retrace the levels it was at in night. Well, I think it was New Year's Eve, 1989, um, that that it hit a record, and then had decades of uh, of you know recession. And China appears to be heading very much in that same direction that Japan has just you know the woes that Japan has experienced in the past 30 years. Mm. Of course, all of this is not just theoretical for us, is it? I mean, we China's our biggest trading partner. Yeah. If they go down, if they go, if they're going bust, then that's less for us. It is. I mean, so where it would impact us, uh, and the Reserve Bank has pointed this out, is that it probably wouldn't impact our banking system. You know, if you recall mm. the um, the global financial crisis, again, that was a real estate crisis in America, and that you know really very quickly ran right through the entire global financial system uh, because all the banks were were linked to one another. Everybody had borrowed money, everybody from one another, so that all the loans and you know nobody trusted one another. The banks just stopped lending to everybody. Mm. Chinese banks aren't as connected as American banks were then, so it won't run through the financial system as as much as it has. Where it will impact the global economy is through trade um, and lower trade levels, obviously. And for us, particularly, the amount of money we earn from exporting you know, raw materials to China. And that, of course, will probably mean that our dollar will, will weaken over, over time if this isn't um, arrested soon. Indeed. All right. Ian, good to talk. Thank you. Thanks, Phil. You've been listening to a Nightlife podcast. For more great conversations about the issues that impact you, as well as features on travel and food, head to the Nightlife webpage. You'll find it at abc.net.au slash nightlife. You don't need to be a night owl to enjoy the nightlife.